One of the uh, stranger phenomena of the age of social media has been the rise of celebrities and personalities as major influencers in areas of life that they have no expertise in. There's uh, always been an aspect of marketing uh, that has sought out celebrities to help promote products. One of the most influential of all time, some of us will remember, was Dr. Marcus Welby, MD, promoting caffeine-free Sanka coffee. As a doctor, he would come on and warn people of the dangers of too much caffeine and therefore the benefits of caffeine-free Sanka. But as everyone knew, he wasn't a real doctor. He was a fictional TV character played by the actor Robert Young. So celebrities promoting products is nothing new. To me, the difference is twofold. One, those who follow celebrities and personalities on social media have actively chosen to follow those folks because they want to know what that famous person is doing, thinking. And two, the topics the celebrities are speaking out on are often not commercial products, but issues of government or health or even the law. Kim Kardashian got Donald Trump to pardon a woman named Alice Johnson who had received a life sentence for a first-time drug offense. Now, I personally believe that the cause that she she was looking for this pardon for this person was just. I have no qualms with that. The point is, the American Civil Liberties Union and numerous professors of law had already pleaded the case for a pardon for Alice Johnson, But it was Kim Kardashian who clinched the deal. And then you have a guy like Joe Rogan, who has 13, over 13 million Instagram followers. He is the one of the ones who was downplaying COVID who got COVID. Then he posted a video on Instagram to his 13 plus million followers saying that one of the treatments that he used to help himself during this time was the horse dewormer in Vermectin. I will admit, I don't have any evidence of any specific person taking in Vermectin because Joe Rogan did, and Joe saw they saw his post. It's more so that he would even think that anyone would be concerned with his medical practices and that 13.1 million people follow his posts and so the likelihood of someone out of all of those followers taking horse dewormer because he did is pretty high. I think, though, what the trend overall reveals is how much all of us are looking for help getting through life. 
We want to belong. We want to be happy. We want even to thrive in life. And we look for help. We look for guidance from all kinds of people. I find it telling and a little creepy when I think too much about it, that when we click on, and I'm, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I follow a ton of people, but I find it a little telling and a little creepy that when we click on a person's profile to begin to receive their posts on Instagram and Twitter, we officially become followers of that particular person. The good and the bad news about this desire for guidance come from the same source, and that is that the world presents us with all kinds of role models. Some are great, fantastic, but usually only within certain areas. And some are just horrible about everything. In this morning's text from 1 Peter, we are reminded that we as followers of Christ need focus only on one person. As we seek guidance in life, the scriptures present us with one primary role model, Jesus the Christ. We hear the way that Peter states it in verse 15. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And he has just previously in verse 13 identified who it is that has called them. It's Jesus. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully in the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is fully revealed. So Jesus is the one who has called them, and, and Peter is essentially saying to those he's written to, be like Jesus. He is holy, you be holy. In fact, the calling, he says, be like the one who called you. The calling that Peter refers to is the same calling that we all receive from Jesus. Jesus's primary call in our lives is follow me, follow me. In the 1990s, uh, many Christians in the States started wearing bracelets and necklaces with the letters WWJD. The letters were an acronym for What Would Jesus Do? The idea being that in a difficult or complex situation, trying to imagine what Jesus would do in that situation would help guide a person's actions or words. It wasn't very long before the trend received a lot of backlash, and the main criticism seemed to be sort of two. One was that we aren't Jesus, and so not only can we not know what Jesus would do, even if we had a fairly good idea of what Jesus would do, we probably couldn't do it ourselves. Jesus did things like healing people with paralysis, uh, feeding thousands of people with small loaves of bread. We aren't able to do those things even if we understood what we were to do. The second, second criticism was essentially that many of the people who wore these things were 
more interested in wearing them than actually answering the question, what would Jesus do, and then doing it. But the concept is, leads us in exactly the right direction. Asking that question, I don't find any problem with at all. In fact, the idea of trying to imitate Jesus' actions has an extremely long and influential history in the church. In the 15th century, a German-Dutch Christian named Thomas Akempis wrote a book called The Imitation of Christ. It is, to this day, one of the most widely read and influential books in the history of the Christian church. It is still easily found in numerous translations today. In the late 1800s, a very popular preacher in England, Charles Spurgeon, used that question, what would Jesus do, as the theme for a very famous sermon. Then shortly after, we don't know if, if uh, he had heard that sermon somehow, read that sermon somehow, but in 1897, a minister in Topeka, Kansas named Charles Sheldon used that question and that idea in a novel he wrote titled, In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do? Charles Sheldon is a great example of what can happen as we do try to follow Jesus as our guide. He became a very prominent leader nationally in what became known as the social gospel movement. So uh, this, this was a group of, of Christian pastors and ministers and followers who advocated for civil rights, for tolerance, for peace. In 1893, Charles Sheldon established the first kindergarten for black children west of the Mississippi River. One of the kids who attended that school, Elijah Scott, went on to become an attorney. And as an attorney, Elijah Scott and two of his children who also became attorneys were lawyers who argued for the Brown versus Board of Education lawsuit that essentially ended official racial segregation in schools. Charles Sheldon, that minister from Topeka who started that elementary or that kindergarten for black students, had such an impact on Elijah Scott that Scott named his first son Charles Sheldon Scott. All of that is because Charles Sheldon was trying to be like Christ, to imitate Christ, to be like Christ in what he did. It's not, this is not a practice that should be caught up in any sort of legalistic approach to life or in any sense of trying to please God or earn God's favor. The focus on trying to be like Christ, focusing on following the path of Jesus, arises from the grace 
that God has already lavished on us by bringing us into a relationship of love. Listen again to our Hebrew First Testament reading from Leviticus. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt already, past tense. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, because I have already released you from slavery, because I've already committed to you to be your God, be holy because I am holy. Be like me, but I have already freed you from slavery and entered into this relationship with you. Therefore, live as I call you to live. And in our gospel passage, Jesus sets out what seems to be fairly impossible tasks. If you love those who love you, what credit is that? If you do good to those who do, are good to you, what's the big deal? If you give to those whom you expect to be repaid, again, so what? A lot of people can do that. But I say to you, love your enemies, do good to them, and give to them without expecting to get anything back. Then the way our translation, I, I, I need to address them, the way our translation makes it sound, um, then, he says, if you do, it sounds like then your reward will be great. If you do those things, then, then you'll, be, you'll be blessed. But the truth is, we've already been blessed. He, he says, be merciful as your father is merciful. We've, we've already entered into that relationship with God as our mother, God as our father. That's already established. Acting like God simply reveals to others and ourselves that we are God's children. And Peter also affirms our relationship as already a part of God's family. In verse 14, he writes, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had, but just as the one who called you be holy. As obedient children, we're already God's children, Peter is saying. So as children of God, don't look to repeat your old ways. Almost literally, it's don't fashion your life on your old self and the ways of those who don't follow God. Rather, be like Christ. A theologian from the United States, Scott McKnight, answers the accusation that this is a legalistic way to imitate Christ is kind of a legalistic way with the he 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 answers that accusation with the following analogy this is not some perverse form of legalism any more than my desire to please my wife is legalism a desire to please god is the noblest motivation in life to reject such a desire in the name of legalism is to misunderstand our family relationship to God. So as anyone who has uh, heard me preach 
over the last year or so especially can vouch, I can be extremely critical of much of the white evangelical church and white politicians who claim the mantle of evangelical Christianity. And that is because so few of their actions and words, in my opinion, come anywhere close to imitating Christ. Jesus came into this world as a Jewish man in the Middle East under an oppressive occupying foreign power. He healed freely people physically and mentally ill. He fed thousands of hungry for no charge. He spent most of his time with those low caste or outcast, women in prostitution, people with socially stigmatized diseases, those enforcing unpopular mandates in the form of taxes, those living day to day from what they could catch or what they could scrounge up. He didn't speak of freedom and independence. He spoke of serving others. He spoke of sacrificing even up to life for others. He was most kind and gracious with those who were hounded by misogynists, hypocrites, and people hungry for money. None of what I see or hear from the likes of Franklin Graham or Mitch McConnell or Tucker Carlson resemble Jesus in any way that I can see. And yet, these are people to whom so many white evangelical, evangelicals are looking for guidance in life, people to follow, and they do follow. Peter makes it quite clear. We as followers of Christ are to be holy as Jesus is holy. We as children of God are to be holy because our father, our mother, is holy. It's not easy. Again, Peter is honest here. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. This is something that we have to work at. We have to think about and, and prepare for. Jesus is also pretty clear about that. You've, you know, the easy path is to care for those who care for you. Give to those who are going to give back to you. That's the easy path. The harder path is to do that for people who aren't going to give you anything back. It's not easy, but it is worth it. As the 17th century Scottish minister Robert Layton wrote, the imitation of this highest pattern of the goodness of the most holy God is the supreme way of living. The essence of true religion consists in the imitation of him whom we worship, Jesus Christ. The world presents us with all sorts of possible role models. 
The scriptures present us essentially with what? Jesus Christ. The imitation of Christ is the best life that we can work toward. Thanks be to God.